This morning, once again, it's my privilege to bring the Word of God to you. And I want to talk about, uh, the title is The When and Then Syndrome. The When and Then Syndrome. And that's what I want to talk about. It's this whole when and then. And you know, in lockdown, I've been watching, I've been hearing, and this whole concept of, you know, when I get out of lockdown, then I will do that. When I get out of um, level three to level two, then we are able to do that. Now, there are certain things where we, this when and then applies. But this whole when and then syndrome is actually uh, can restrict us. There's so many excuses because I believe that when and then syndrome is an excuse because, you know, uh, I've put some excuses here. It says, when I have time, then I will get onto it, you know. We all know that we make time to get onto that, whatever that you got to do. When I am better skilled, then, then I will be able to do it. When I am older, then I will. Uh, when I have the right training, then I will. Can you see that when I get trained, then I can. You know, that's the whole concept of uh, when and then syndrome. When my health improves, then I will be able to do that. When my finances improve, then I will, you know, it's not the point. It's not about the when and then. These are good. I hope it's um, uh, triggering something in you. When I leave home, then I will. When I get a better job, then I will. When I get married, then I will. And I'm sure uh, you can come up. And I pray that you will take time uh, today and this week and Check your heart and go, what areas are you saying or are, do you have this when and then syndrome, okay? Because this kind of mentality creates a false, a false sense of hope for the future and we lose the purpose for today. This whole when and then creates a false sense of hope for the future and creates um, uh, 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 or we lose the purpose for today. And so I want us to understand that, that you know what, well, we can't put things off uh, just because we are in lockdown. We can't. At the same time, you don't walk like you're highly strong and or a sergeant major, but we got to be intentional. We got to be purposeful. And uh, that's the whole idea about the when and then. Um, in, uh, you know, um, because why, why you do is more important than what, the, what you do in life. Why you do is far more important than what you do in life. And that's the important thing here. You know, it's not about what you do, it's why do you do that? Because we've been talking about it, no matter what scriptures you read, you always see that God always sees a heart. It's not what you do, it's why do you do it? What is your motive? Why do you do now? You know, that's the whole concept of that. Because uh, in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10, it says, Only the Lord knows. He searches all hearts and examines the deepest motives so he can give to each person his right reward according to his deeds, how he has lived. I was reading from Le Living Bible. It says, only the Lord knows. He searches all hearts and examines the deepest motives. So what does it mean? It, mo it means it's not what you do. It's why do you do? What is motivating you? Why do you do what you do? If you can have an answer to yourself, that gives you a purpose in life. Amen. 
So I pray and I hope that um, you understand that scripture that it's not about the when and then. Amen. God is interested in our integrity than our image or our intentions. I'll repeat that again. God is interested in our integrity than our image or our intentions. Right? So it's all about God looking at our heart and uh, God checking our motives. And uh, instead of the when I get there, then I will do it. Imagine if we have the attitude of I am here, so I will do it now. That's what it's about. See, to get to where God wants you to go, you are here right now and you've got to be faithful where God's put you right now. And because you're here, you might as well start now. Amen. Excellent. So that's the whole idea. God has put me here. You think about that. God's put you and I here. Now we can talk about the current affairs. We can talk about the world's uh, uh, concept. We can talk about what's happening in our own country. We can do all those things. But God's put you here for such a time as this. Now God, if you know Christ, He does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. God does not have plan A, B, C, D. God doesn't say, oops. God doesn't say, oops. Because He knows what He's doing. And His plans are perfect. And the key is, do we understand the plans of God? The truth is, do we know the heart of God? Do we know the mind of Christ? Because if you know those things, we recognize, yes, there's limitations, restrictions, whatnot, but he's put us here. He didn't make a mistake. He knows what he's doing in our nation, but he's put us here. He's called us to pray. He's called us right now. He's called us to pray and intercede. He's put us here. So while we are here, we are to um, see God and do what God has called us to do. Making most of our time. And I think of so many stories in the Bible that talks about the urgency to not to procrastinate, the urgency to, to make the most of today. Because if we are intentional about today, it will help us to get to where God wants us to go in the future. That's why in our society, even the world understands that. The world doesn't give you a certificate. A university doesn't give you a degree certificate because you've got a good intention that you want to become a doctor. No. If you want to become a doctor in five years' time, you get studying right now. And every year as you study, you have an exam. Some people go, what is an exam? Well, that's the reality of how much you know. And you're tested on that. You fail that, you don't become a doctor. You pass that, you become a doctor. So what you do now matters. Amen. What you do now with your children matters. What you do now with your own life matters. What you, The decisions you make today will set a platform and a pathway for you for the future. So not when and then, but here and now. He's placed me here, and now is the time, amen, that God wants us to move forward. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, sorry, Colossians, sorry, let me go to Colossians before I go to Luke. Colossians 4, 5, it says, live wisely among those who are 
not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Isn't that good? Live wisely among your neighbors. Live wisely among your family. Live wisely among those who do not understand God and make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Now the question I have, are you making the most of every opportunity? Now I've been talking to my own children, my own family, and it's for some reason when they're watching something or when they're doing something that they love to do, they can spend hours on it. But when we talk about let's pray together as a family, and they go, oh, okay. <laughs> and, so, and I'm saying we've got to make uh, uh, most of every opportunity. Yes, if you want to watch a movie, go for it as a family. If you want to have a cook a good meal, go do that. Make the most of every opportunity. But more importantly, that you make the most of your, um, your time with God. And you make the most of every opportunity God has given you with the family. Whatever you can do. So please remember that. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. It says, if you are faithful in little things... You will be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. And if you are untrustworthy or about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Amen. So if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. Look, I want you to please meditate on this scripture. I want you to really seek this scripture because this scripture is uh, going to teach us to be faithful in the little things. This teacher, uh, scripture will teach us to be uh, to be honest where God has put us. This scripture will teach us. The time God has gifted you now, if you're faithful in the now, He's saying He's watching you. When people are not watching you, God is watching you. And if you're faithful in the now, then He will bless you with greater things. There's a great plan. God's plans are far more greater than you can imagine. God's plans are far more powerful than you can ever comprehend. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen. He's a mysterious God. No mind has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for you and I. The scripture says this. So I'm asking you, in the little things, a lot of people have great dreams. You know, if you just have a dream and not do anything about it, it's just an idea. And there are a lot of people with a lot of ideas. But God is not interested in ideas. God is interested in people that will put their hand on the plow and run with it. You run with it and you take those small steps. You will never get where God wants you to go. You will never become what you desire to be unless and until if you don't take the time now. And so I'm asking you, if God's put you here in these little places, that you begin to be faithful in those little areas. Amen. All right, we've got so many scripture stories. We've got so many stories in the scripture. We've got the 10 virgins. We look at those 10, five. if you know that story, there's five virgins that were uh, ready uh, with oil in their lamps. And then there are five virgins that were lazy. And so they get caught up. 
the five that were lazy got caught up because they ran out of oil in their jars. And so it's important for us to realize that there's stories, even in David. David, David also it says that David was faithful in the little things. When David was uh, prayed and anointed by Samuel to be the king, or the next king of Israel, um, after that, Jesse orders David to go and uh, uh, find his brothers and give them some bread and cheese. And David was honest and he was faithful in the little things. And when he doesn't find his brothers, he searches for his brothers and he finds them. And that's when um, they're all talking about Goliath intimidating them. And David goes there and kills Goliath. Most of us know the story. But what I'm trying to say is that we are called to be faithful. David was appointed not, uh, or, or prophesied to be the king, but he was faithful in the little things. He was still a shepherd boy. It's always in the now and in the here. It's in the here and the now that matters. Amen. Not David didn't have a mentality, when I get there, then I will rule. No, he was faithful what God has given him and he was uh, obedient to what God has given him and God blessed him. So what areas in your life do you believe that God has blessed you with? And the question I have to you and to me, are we being faithful with that? Are we making the most of the here and the now? Uh, are we like the five virgins that are going, when he comes, then I will get my oil. That's too late, my friends. A lot of young people do that. A lot of young people that have this concept of, I don't need God right now. I don't need to get serious with God right now. i got my whole life ahead of me. You do not know what's ahead of you. And you got to, I want to encourage you to, to really make the most of your life in Christ. Amen. Joseph, I want to talk about Joseph this morning. And Joseph is a very good example for us. Um, I'm looking at a few points from Joseph's story and how Joseph was faithful in the little things and how God promoted him into greater things. See, the Bible says this is not a formula. This is not a strategy. This is a biblical principle. In Matthew 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, Joseph knew the principle. This is not a formula. It's a principle. Joseph was not interested in titles. Joseph was interested in pleasing God. Every position that God has put Joseph in, Joseph was trying to please God. Joseph's life, he had dreams and he shared the dreams with his own siblings, his very own brothers. And the brothers got so jealous of him and they sold him to the Egyptians. And that's a betrayal. There's jealousy. There's betrayal. Yet Joseph had a good spirit about that. And Joseph grew up and rose up to become uh, the prime minister uh, uh, in, in, in Egypt. And uh, the story of how he reconciled with his brothers, it's a Hollywood story and a fantastic story, but it's true. And so I want to pick four things here. And uh, lack of time, I don't want to read uh, the entire scriptures, but I want to encourage you to read Genesis chapter 39 and Genesis chapter 40. Then you will get the background of this. Okay, so my first point with Joseph, I'm looking, looking at a few things, is my first point is be effective in the now. Be effective in the now. And you'll find that in Genesis 39, 21 to 23, it says, uh, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed his, him mercy. 
This is when Joseph was arrested and he was thrown in prison. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the house. And the keeper of the prison committed to, uh, to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. What a great trust. Of course, we know the story. Joseph was thrown in prison because um, uh, the, the Potiphar's wife accused him. But look at the testimony of the prison warden or the, uh, the prison guard or the, the, the leader of the prison at that time. And this is what he's saying in verse 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Isn't that good? Now, that's not because the, the, the prisoner uh, 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 trusted Joseph fully, but it's Joseph who actually uh, was faithful in the little things that he grew in that, that trust with the prison, uh, the prison guard, that Joseph did everything. And because the Lord was with Joseph and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. What a testimony in prison. So I want to say this, my first point, be effective in the now. Don't get caught up with your own self. Don't get caught up with your own problems and difficulties in the season that you're in. But be faithful in the now and here. Amen. And make the most of it. And why? God's favor is on you. God's favor is on me. So when we are honest, God is blessed. Hallelujah. And he will increase our influence. Ephesians 5 verse 16 says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I want to encourage you, please don't sleep in for days on end. Don't binge watch on days on end. Don't do just what you want. Don't sit there and knit till for 20 years. I'm encouraging, make the most. Get into people's life. God is creative. If you don't know what to do, I tell you what, you pray for a couple of minutes and God will speak to you on what to do and how to be a blessing. So I'm encouraging you to be intentional. Um, not be intense about it, but be intentional about it. Amen. Lord, religious spirit brings intensity, but relationship with God brings intentionality. Amen. So verse 17 uh, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. My point two, look for opportunities to engage in conversations about God. Look up for opportunities to engage in conversations about God. And you find this in Genesis chapter 40, verse 5 to 12. Here is Joseph in, in prison. And the chief baker and the chief um, butler, they got thrown in prison because uh, they lost favor uh, with, with Pharaoh and they got thrown in. And Joseph is in the prison too. And of course, they have uh, dreams. Uh, they both have a dream each. And uh, uh, Joseph starts talking about and saying, look, you know what? You can't interpret the dream. Only God can interpret the dream. And Joseph is bringing God into conversation. <laughs> Think about that. You know, he's in prison. He could be miserable, restricted, thinking about himself, but he's always being sensitive. And he brings in a God conversation and he, of course, to cut the story short, he interprets their dreams. 
But what happens is, there's God come into, came into this conversation. God came into the scene. Now, what areas in our lives can we bring God into the picture? It could be in our relationships with our family members. It could be in relationships with your employer, employee. It could be a relationship with your, uh, 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 your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife. They, you, there's a way you can bring God into the picture. I tell you, and I'm sure you know this, when God comes into the picture, things change for good. Things change for good. Amen. So I want to encourage you, bring God into your marriage, please. Bring God into your relationship with one another. Bring Jesus Christ and make him the foundation. Make him the leader. Make him the guide. Make the Holy Spirit to lead you into where God wants you to go. Bring God into your relationship. Amen. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. Never be lazy, but work hard, not shortcuts. Don't, don't, see, God is not pleased with our smartness. God is not pleased with shortcuts. And God is not into plagiarism. Amen. God is not into piracy. God wants us to be original. God does not want us to be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. As you work hard, serve God with joy. Are you serving God with joy? Are you serving God enthusiastically? Are you serving God with passion? You know, before you come online, are you excited in your heart? Not just a smile. You know, we, we see some worship places where people are jumping up and down, up and down. You know, when there's lights, cameras, action, you can jump as much as you want. But when everything is turned down, the question is, are you walking in a straight and narrow path? Amen. That's the challenge. Hype. Anyone can follow hype. But to follow Jesus, the Bible says, pick up your cross. Let me tell you, Jesus is old fashioned when these things come. But you may think this is outdated. It's not. The Bible says, pick up your cross and follow me. This is Jesus daily. Are we picking up our cross? Are we following Jesus? The minute you pick up the cross, you have surrendered your will to, in order to pick up the cross. Hallelujah. So never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Because why? God sees your heart. Amen. 1 Peter 4.10 It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God has given you gift, each one a gift, okay, and from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I remember when I was a young teenager serving God, and um, there are times where I compared. There are times where I thought, why should I do all the donkey's work? Why should I be the one doing what no one else wants to do? Why should I be the one to do the least of the least jobs 
when no one else cares about that. God had to work in my heart. And can I tell you the truth? God still works in my heart. And I have to admit that even till today, I continue to do the least of the least jobs. And why? Because that's the character of God. God is not into titles. God is into teaching us. Amen. Humility is not a one-hit wonder. Humility is not, you figured it out once. Humility is a day-to-day walk with God. Amen. All right, point three, making use of God's given gifts. Even in lockdown, you can use your God-given gifts. We look at Joseph in chapter 40, verse 12 to 22, and Joseph interpreted dreams. Isn't that cool? God used Joseph in the prison for his glory. Not only that, but out of the fruit of God, Joseph's obedience to God, God honored Joseph and he rose him up in position after position. We look at Paul in the Bible. Paul was far more effective, according to me, with his letters. And in most of the letters he wrote while he was in prison. Why I say he was far more effective with his letters? Because we have those letters in our hands today. The letters he wrote to the church at Philippi. The letter he wrote to the church at Ephesus. The letter he wrote um, uh, uh, to Timothy. The letter he wrote to Titus. You know, uh, we've got all these letters. The, the letter he wrote to the Romans. There's so many scriptures that Paul has written and that are useful to us. And most of this time, Paul wrote those in prison. He knew God put him now where he is and he's going to make the most of it. Amen. So we can be effective. See, Joseph interpreted dreams. He was forgotten by the chief butler. Even though he was forgotten, he still continued to be faithful to God. Even, um, even being faithful in, 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 a, in a horrible situation, God, uh, even though the, the butler forgot about Joseph when he got out of prison, God was still with Joseph in prison. Cultivating faithfulness does not provide immediate result from an unjust situation. But we are still to cultivate faithfulness in the little things. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you. I'm just picking the first part of the verse there. It says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you. What is the gift that you have in your hand? And I gotta say, I led worship when, when we didn't have a worship leader. There were a few areas in connect groups we needed a worship leader. I learned guitar to play guitar to lead worship. I never wanted to be a guitarist, neither. I, I did just filled in, in the gap, but I did my best. Pick up a guitar, learn a guitar, worship lead, pick up the microphones and fix stuff. I did whatever I can. I filled the gaps, but God was glorified. I still do. Fill the gap. Don't be, do things grudgingly. Don't neglect the gift. What is your gift that you're neglecting? Neglecting. Are you a worship leader? Are you a singer? Are you a songwriter? Are you a sound technician? Are you, maybe you don't have those titles. God is not into titles. As I said, when I train well, then I will do it. Maybe that's not what God wants. Do you have a heart to serve God? Uh, I did it when I first became a Christian. All I wanted to do was serve God. I didn't care what it was. I just served God. 
And God did the rest and God continues to do the rest. Amen. I'm still saying, I just want to serve God, whether I have a title or not. That is not the point. If God's put me here, I will fight the devil and I will build the kingdom of God. I will pull down the stronghold and I will be part of establishing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. That's my desire. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Amen. Don't let it, you know, that spiritual muscle, don't let it slide down. Don't just, just, just let it um, uh, be inactive. Stir up that gift. If you're an artist, come on, pick up the brush, paintbrush, not your toothbrush, your paintbrush and go draw something. It might take you first for three hours, 30 hours. Get there. Be wait patiently for that inspiration. If you are, if you are somebody who can do, do it with all your heart. Hallelujah. My last point as I conclude. Make the most of God-given time. Amen. Time is not your right. Time is something you haven't earned. Time is is not in your control. Time is a gift from God. Amen. T-I-M-E, time, is a gift from God. None of, none of us can buy time. You can buy a lot of things, but not time. You may have a lot of money, but I tell you what, if your time has come, your money is here, buddy, and you're gone. Amen. So time is a gift from God. Make the most of God-given time. Psalm chapter 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think Moses, I think Paul, but particularly as we focus in Joseph, Joseph recognized time is a gift from God. And he made the most of that. And as the psalmist says here, is teach us to number our days. That Joseph knew to number his days. He says, God's put me in this prison, not because I've committed sin or adultery, or not because I have done something wrong to anybody, but if I'm in prison, even though I've been thrown in prison uh, um, unjustly, but that's okay, I will still make this time count for God. And he did that. So teach us to number our days that we may that we may gain a heart of wisdom. James chapter 5 verse 13 says, Come now, you say, you who say, tomorrow, uh, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Verse 14, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. What it's saying is, don't just think that this is your life. You can plan whatever you want to do. On the 17th of August, we all came. We found out in the afternoon that we're going to go into lockdown. Boom. I know we planned stuff. I'm sure a lot of people have planned a lot of things. But guess what? It all went into level three, level four. So what? I'm, that's just an example. Time is not in our hands, children of God. Time is in the hands of God and we are to make the most of the time. Don't try, try to plan your own life without God in it. 
Don't try to do what you want to do. That's why he says in the last verse in 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do uh, this or that. Amen. And as I conclude this morning, I want to say to you, number one, cultivate faith. Cultivating faithfulness in the present prepares us for future blessings. Number two, cultivating faithfulness in the small matures us spiritually. Number three, cultivating faithfulness in everything you do. In Colossians 3.17 it says, And whatever you, you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks to, through Him to God the Father. It says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever, whether, you know, I, I think for, for us, as I conclude, for Christians, modern day Christians, we, we created this dual citizenship mentality. We created this dichotomy in our heads. We created this segregations. We created Sunday's church, Monday to Saturday is a different world. Sunday in church, I can be holy. Or when I'm with Christians, Christians, there's a certain way I have to behave. But if I'm not a Christian, it's okay. No, that's not what the Bible is saying here. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because He's watching you. Amen. So don't say, when I get out of level three, then I will be the representative of Lord Jesus Christ. Don't have the mentality, when I do that, you know, oh, I am so tired. I am so, these are, that, that's a deception from the spirit of the devil. Don't be deceived that way. You're a representative, a representative of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to encourage you as I close this morning. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to say, make the most of this time. Check your hearts to go, what areas in my mind, my heart, am I, have I developed this attitude of when I get there, then I will do it. But remember, He's put you, God has put you here right now and He wants you to make the most of that. Amen. So I pray this will encourage you. I pray that you are challenged to redeem your time for God. Amen. I'm challenged and I pray you're challenged. We need to be challenging one another, encouraging one another on a day-to-day -day basis. Amen. So God bless you. Let me pray blessings over you. And I pray that you will have the best time ever this week, redeeming your time for God's glory. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for the family of God. Whoever is watching, wherever they're watching this from right now, or maybe later on, if they watch this recording, I pray your spirit is not restricted to time. You are not bound by time. You're in time, you're outside time. Your power can minister. Your spirit can minister to us. So I pray, Lord, that you will teach us to be wise. You will teach us to redeem our time we, and help us to recognize that we, you have placed us here and you have called us to do what we can do now. Hallelujah. And you will lead us and guide us 
and take us where you want us to be the day you want us to be there. Hallelujah, Lord. And help us to recognize the deception of the devil and how we kind of compromise and, and train our mind. When I get there, then I will do it. Lord, I pray that we will not be people like that. We know that we are empowered by you. We know we serve the most high God and he lives in us and you've called us to redeem our time. So help us not to be deceived, but to make the most of our time. Hallelujah. Father, I pray your blessings upon your church. I pray you watch over your church. I pray you bless every family member. I pray, Lord, that you watch over our people. Lord God, I ask you that you will empower us to do what you want us to do. I commit this time, I commit us into your hands. I co we commit our nation into your hands. Help us not to live uh, uh, under fear, the, under the spirit of fear, but our Lord, help us to really make the most of the situation we are in because we know that we don't know what happens in the future, but you know what happens in the future. We know that we are not in control, but we know that you're in control. So we trust you in the now. We trust you in where you've placed us. And Lord, we want to live for your glory from now, today, this day onwards. Hallelujah.